I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Alexa, turn on studio 80%. There we go. Alexa, raise the oh, roof. Oh, for fuck's sake, guys. <laughs> that is a fun trick. I like we should that. get Alexa on the podcast for her hearing um, Im- impairedness. I really would. I really would love in an ideal world. Like you know, I, I don't. I don't really have a, a ton of uh, cash just like lying around waiting to be spent. But if I did, it would go towards making like a smart home, like your whole home smart. Yeah, that dude. That's my dream. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to do that. I know it is, and you'd and you'd like to have an automated heart, and, and yeah, yeah. I want to be. I also want to be smart. Robotic lungs. I want to yeah. be a smart. Yeah, that's person. just that's just born of your. I want to. I want to be a smart person and live in a smart home. <clears throat> yeah. Well, let's explain something today. I think, I think we should explain what's going on right now. We are here, back in the studio. We, you know, we've had a little break. We've had a little like we have um, a little. Uh, uh, What's another word for a break? Vacation. Yeah, we had a little vacation. Time Actually, off. No, that's fucking not true. Hiatus. Hiatus. That's a good one. There we go. Yeah. I'm going on vacation tomorrow, so that's why we can't say we're, we had a vacation, because I'm, I'm just about to have one. Yeah, it definitely wasn't a vacation. No. We had a little hiatus from recording, because we, we recorded so many episodes in Vancouver, <clears> and it was like, <throat> you know, the summer was ramping up, and we so we haven't been together for a while, and this is our first time together. But here's what's really exciting about the fact that we're back together is that we're recording an episode that I have been aching. Yeah, Jamie, to turn do. turn your phone and ring her up. Fuck's sake, Taylor, you ruined it. I was talking. You know what? The phone people understand we live in the twenty first century. Turn it up a little bit. I didn't quite hear it. No, that's actually a, really important. It was a message from someone on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's interesting? Screen screens are uh, taking away our ability to be really invested in conversation. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Trying to re-spark the art trying of conversation. Trying to reclaim it, you might say. With our guest, Megan. After a hiatus. After a hiatus. <laughs> uh, but Megan, we this is something that we wanted to do with you for a, a while. Yeah. All, for two reasons. Mostly because uh, it's you, and we love the idea of sitting down and chatting with you, because you're such a great Thank person. You. But also because we're about to talk about something we've never talked about on the show before. <laughs> Which I think is going to be super fascinating. I love the buildup because, like, everybody listening to this is like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I, I read the title. I know. I know what we're about to talk about. And you're making it worse. <laughs> well, I'm really excited to be talking about Lyme disease. Drum roll. <laughs> did you? Is it? Correct me if I'm wrong, but did you used to think? Because we've we've known each other for, like, I, when did we meet? Like, you, me, and Taylor met. 
Um, just so after like you guys did your seven or eight years ago yoga te- uh, teacher training. I That's think. right. Yeah, so Whenever maybe seven ish, seven ish years ago, somewhere in there. And I remember back then you had said something to the effect of you living with chronic fatigue. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Uh, it was at the time. So I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, I've been diagnosed with all kinds of stuff. Uh, but the short of it is it took seven years for them to diagnose me with Lyme disease. I saw probably, I think it was 22 specialists. I had been diagnosed with everything from chronic fatigue to environmental illness to irritable bowel to hypothyroidism to, I mean, anything you can imagine. Um, But I just kept feeling like, gosh, none of this matches. It seems that Lyme disease would be the thing that matches. It matches my symptoms. I used to be super, um, super active. So I was a phys ed teacher. Um, I say was because I haven't been able to work in seven years. Right. Whoa. Yeah, brutal. That is crazy. Come right up on that mic. Like even like uncomfortably close. Like, yeah, like. No, almost, I'm not going to lie. The mic is making me nervous. Almost like <laughs> almost touching it with your mouth. Like All that right. Close. Hello. hello. Um, so did you <laughs> did. So were they wrong in saying that you had. Chronic fatigue? Um, I think if I were to kind of answer that question, I would say, yes, I absolutely had chronic fatigue as a part of the Lyme disease. Right, okay. a symptom of. Yeah. Right. Um, but I wouldn't say that the chronic fatigue was the root of the problem. It's the Lyme disease that was the root of the problem, and the chronic fatigue was kind of a secondary right. um Effect of Lyme disease. Yeah. So, so right. how, how did all, mm-hmm. how did all this like when was when did you how did this all start to present itself in terms of you going oh I am not the same anymore. Yeah. So I've always been super healthy. Um, I was an athlete growing up. Um, I was on scholarship in the states on athletic scholarship. Um, I was a phys ed teacher. It's what I did for fun, you know, with all my friends, with my partner at the time. Um, And I went away in the summer of 2008, so a decade ago this summer. Mm -hmm. And I did um, an outdoor education course in the Wyoming Rockies. So I spent four weeks in the Rockies learning how to be an outdoor educator and backcountry guide. Sweet. Whoa, cool. Yeah, it was... Oh my goodness. It was amazing. Like I learned so much. Um, and I believe that is probably when I got bit by the tick. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine if not, it was in Nova Scotia that summer. I had been doing a lot of hiking, camping, trail running, mountain biking, um, that summer. And so I've never had the bullseye rash which I had always thought, the doctors always say, you know, if you have the bullseye rash, that's a telltale sign of Lyme. And so I thought, well, gosh. What is the bullseye rash? Oh, really? Like basically yeah. just like a, like a ring? That, yeah. That- so basically wherever the tick sinks India, then um, you'll end up having a ring around it, like a red spot. Right. And then a ring will start kind of forming around it. Yeah, sure. And so, you know. A number of years ago, people said, well, if you don't have the ring, then you don't have Lyme disease. I was tested at the time, and the test came back negative. So you were bit. You had a, you had a tick bite. Yeah, I've had, I mean, checked. I've had a few. Sure. Um, 
And so, so you, you knew that you got bit <laughs> by a tick, at, you know, or, or, well, or you've, you've, you've I've, seen and gone, Oh, I a bit, a tick bit me. Yeah. I've spent enough time in the woods. Mm. Um, certainly always been really mindful. I mean, in Nova Scotia, mm-hmm. we live in, we're like, in, we're like tick central. Tons, oh, tons yeah. of ticks. Oh, it's bonkers. I had How a bunch of ticks, ticks on me. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I had to. T- I took about five five off my clothes. I, I took a tick One. bath the other day because it's a uh, tradition here in Nova Scotia. I have a tick bath every every second Thursday of July. But right. whatever. Yeah. That's a- I had tick uh, the tick at East Coast Wellness Clinic. I had the tick uh, therapy. Where no, you don't they say put, that. They don't no. do that there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Dude, it's you like, do it's kind of like no. acupuncture, but it's not. It's just Horrible. ticks. East Coast Wellness Clinic. Uh, do not do that. We uh, we we really support what Kelly's up to. And uh, they then do there's not there's that other place. With ticks. There's the other place down the street where you go in and, and the ticks go on your feet and they just chew off the dead skin. Yeah, the place right next to East Coast Wellness Clinic that everyone shouldn't yeah, go yeah, to. Yeah, don't go to that place. Yeah, go, go to East, East Coast Wellness yeah. Clinic. Uh, so I want to I take this back a little bit because I feel like um, uh, someone, so, someone I, I was telling someone yesterday that we were going to record with you and we, I was like, yeah, we're going to talk about Lyme disease and we're really excited because we've never had it on the show before and and the person had was like, I don't, I don't know what Lyme disease is. And I was like, you know what? I don't know what Lyme disease is either. I have no idea what it means, no idea what it consists of. And all I know is that it has something to do with ticks. And they were like, can you only get it from ticks? And I was like, I have no fucking clue. So like it is, I know that ticks, if you get by, by a tick, bit by a tick, it's like Lyme disease is the thing that we're always told growing up, like, you know, be careful about ticks, pick dogs, pick ticks off your dogs. Like, if you get bit by a tick, you should get checked for Lyme. Is that the only way that someone can get Lyme disease or? As far as I know, yes. Okay. Okay. As far as I know. And I will just preface everything I say with. You are um, a, li- a tick expert and a doctor, 100%. <laughs> and everything you say should every- be taken without a grain of salt. Uh, yeah. Yes, right, right, right. You know what? To be honest, it's part of what made me a bit nervous. Like, I have no problems sharing my story with folks, mm-hmm. but it's. The fact that, you know, I feel like I've been sick for so long and I've lived it for so long, but there's still so much misinformation about Lyme disease out there. And so, I mean, even doctors in Nova Scotia, a lot of people don't know much about Lyme. And so I just feel like... um, Mm. I just feel like I want to be sure that I don't give. do it justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. But you know what? Yeah. Don't, don't even worry about that. I mean, this—that's what the show is. You for, tell your story. Is you're telling your story. You know who does know? Alexa, <laughs> how do you get Lyme disease? According to the CDC, Lyme disease is caused by bacteria called Borrelia burgdorferi and is transmitted to humans through the bite of infected black-like ticks. Typical symptoms include fever, headache, fatigue and a characteristic skin rash called erythema migrans. Patients treated with appropriate antibiotics in the early stages of Lyme disease usually recover rapidly and completely. Antibiotics commonly used for oral treatment include doxycycline, amoxicillin, or sphuroximiaxidil. Well, thanks, well, Megan. That's it, everyone. Thank you so much for showing up, Megan. And I hope you enjoyed that. My name is Jeremy. Uh, I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. <laughs> That was fucking impressive, man. That was really she good. Is, she's she's yeah. impressive. Her and Google are she pretty is. impressive. Um, so okay, so so it seems according to the CDC, mm-hmm. the ticks is the big one. That's where you black legged ticks is. I think is what you yeah said? deer tick deer tick. Yeah, okay. yeah. Which we have a fuckload of them here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, is the reason is the reason why the doctors were like. <laughs> 
it could, it's this, it's that, it's this, it's that, it's this, it's that. Is it because, you know, the symptoms that Alexa just spurted out there sound like basically everything that you have ever been sick from in yeah. your entire life, right. you know, yeah. fever, fever, nausea, all this stuff. And you're like, oh, that sounds like everything ever. It what, sounds like that, what I had last week. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think that's part of the problem. Um, often it ends up being a diagnosis by exclusion. Hmm. Um, so as I said, you know, I had been diagnosed with a bunch of things before I was actually diagnosed with Lyme. Um, is that cause it's worse? I heard, I heard, I heard somebody say once that, that doctors are hesitant to say Lyme because it, it's like, that's kind of the, almost like the last resort. Like they don't want to say Lyme mm-hmm. until, until they've ruled other things out because Lyme Lime, really fucks you like up. Like Lyme that yeah. that isn't treated right away is bad because like oh, it, like it's brutal. like Alexa like like Alexa said <laughs> if it's treated right away and what I've heard is that Lyme treated right away is usually t- super manageable and it's either I don't know if it goes away or it goes away. Um, I think if you hit it hard, you, can get you know, within Lyme. yeah. So which is what I have, what you have yeah. um, because I was so long before I was Ooh. diagnosed. But if you like, if you find a tick on you, you go into the doctor's office, they give you the standard, I think it's 28 days of doxycycline. Usually that's enough to knock the infection out yeah. right away mm-hmm. and not have um, lingering issues. But again, cause I was, but if you leave it for X amount of years oh, you're and you end up, yeah, you end up with the, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's kind of similar, uh, except less worse than rabies. So like the whole thing with rabies is like, okay, Bigby has rabies and, and I go to pet him and he freaks out and bites my arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I go straight to the doctor, you're good. I'm good. They'll go, all right, we're going to give you the rabies vaccine. We give you the shot. We watch you. You're fine. You're good. Mm-hmm. If I don't go to the doctor soon enough and that rabies virus gets to my spinal column, um, then, you're done. I, then there is no survival. And you are guaranteed to die. It's, it is one of the only viruses that has a 100% death rate, I, I believe is what I read. Once it reaches your spinal once cord. It reaches your, once it reaches Gosh. your spinal cord, you are, there is no cure and you're going to die from rabies, Whoa. which is a horrible, horrible zombie death. It's this crazy mm. thing. So it's, it, in, it's similar in that like you leave it too long. Well, guess what? This is now, the, this is now your your life mm-hmm. and you, you have it for the rest of the time that you exist. Mm-hmm. What does that, like, I want to know what, you know, you, you spend all of this time trying to figure out, well, what do I have getting diagnosed, misdiagnosed? Um, like how does, how does chronic Lyme just fuck you up? Mm. Whoa, that is a big question. Um, gosh, First off, I'll say that everybody, it's different. Mm -hmm. It hits everybody completely differently, um, but lots of similar things. So one thing, uh, when I was at the clinic, it was really awesome to talk to people because you feel like you're crazy. I mean, it hits every single system in your body. So, Do you mean the Lyme clinic? Like mm -hmm. a specific Lyme clinic? Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So I went to uh, a Lyme clinic in the fall um, and had... Oh my goodness! Was this the place you went in Mexico? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Because yeah. you were there for quite a quite a while, right? I was. So I was there for seven weeks. Well, how? Like, sorry, um, rewind a little bit. Yeah. Like, how do you how I do you know, end like, up at a Lyme clinic in Mexico? Uh, it's a good question. Um, 
So basically, I was diagnosed clinically in Nova Scotia. There's uh, an awesome clinic called East Coast Naturopathic, and they're very, very uh, knowledgeable about Lyme disease and the co-infections. So that's something that I guess I should mention right away. So one of the things with Lyme is that the same tick that gets you, that gives you the Lyme, can also give you a co-infection. So for me, I was diagnosed with Babesia. So I had... Um, Babesia? Babesia. It's a party infection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a Brazilian just, fighter. Just off the coast of Lyme. <laughs> um, yeah, so Babesia is a malaria-like parasite. Um, that's really hard to eradicate. Um, so not only did the tick get me with Lyme, but it got me with this co-infection as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, pretty nasty. Um, you're going to have to keep bringing me back around. So one thing, right, so you one got thing the Babesia. Yeah, one thing with Lyme is that cognitively I've really struggled, which is definitely an insecurity that I have now. Um, yeah. But... I mean, brain fog, my speech has been really affected by wow, it. Wow, Yeah, like saying words backwards and not being able to find the right words. My memory is terrible. You say God, words. You, and um, you know what's awful is you're in the worst place to be right now because all three of us are going to take you down all these different <laughs> fucking roads. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to forget what we were talking about. Perfect. Okay, as long sorry, as we're on the same to, page, to I'm re- totally to cool re- with that. To reel it back in, <laughs> first we were like, how does it fuck you up? But we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah. We, oh, yeah. we did, then ended up on, wait, you were at it. There was a clinic. And then you were like, yeah, and it was in Mexico. And then Brian was like, well, wait, how'd you get to the clinic in Mexico? (laughs) So then you said that you got the line, but then this other naturopathic clinic here told you you had Babesia. And then... We are literally going backwards. Yeah. So now, how did you get to Mexico from learning about the Babesia? So actually, I didn't find out about the Babesia until just before (laughs) I went to Mexico. Um, So as I said, I had been tested in Canada. My test came back negative, and that would have been, I don't know, five or six years ago. Sure. And then I was still really struggling. My health kept declining. And so I was referred to somebody at East Coast Naturopathic, Dr. Raid. Right, same place that does the tick uh, eating your dead skin <laughs> on your feet. Right, yeah, right. Right. different place, different place. Okay. Um, and so I started being treated there. Now, they are amazing. They're super knowledgeable. They're an awesome support system. I got wonderful treatment there. Um, but unfortunately, in Nova Scotia, um, naturopaths are not allowed to prescribe antibiotics. So the international standard of treatment for Lyme disease is a balance of naturopathic and homeopathic treatments and then um, like long-term antibiotic use. Mm. So what people in Nova Scotia tend to do or what they've been doing is doing the naturopathic treatment here in Nova Scotia, driving across the border every three months and seeing a Lyme literate doctor in Maine or in New York, because the doctors there have petitioned, um, basically have changed the legislation so that they will not lose their license if they prescribe long-term antibiotics for Lyme patients. Is that because it's so, like, uh, unfamiliar to to the the medical community? Like, it, like, Lyme is just something that they're like, we fucking don't know. Yeah, I think the medical community, if it, you know, from my perception, I think that the medical community just hasn't caught up with Lyme, Whoa. and so our treatment standards are really out of date. What the so fuck? we That's had so one crazy. guy here who was treating Lyme and treating Lyme pretty successfully, 
Um, but from what I understand, he ended up getting essentially railroaded out because he was prescribing long-term antibiotics, and that's not the accepted treatment protocol in Canada. This is what I understand. Whoa, okay. Yeah. Oh, it's so, not the accepted treatment protocol, but it's not because you weren't it's not because you weren't diagnosed from a from an MD. Right. It's that's not the reason why you can't get long term no. antibiotics, right? Mm-mm. It's just because they don't do that in Canada. Yeah, they can't okay. prescribe that in Canada. So <clears throat> a lot of people do the naturopathic part in Nova Scotia. They'll go to Maine. They'll see a Lyme literate doctor in Maine. They'll get um, a prescription for their antibiotics. And then they'll come back across the border and they'll do that every three months. Okay. And you were like, <laughs> Maine kind of sucks. So I'm going to go to Mexico <laughs> instead. This is really interesting to me. I don't mean to like confuse this. Because, yeah, yeah, no. because in living with CF... Um, I have been um, prescribed, like, long-term chronic antibiotic use. I th- two I th- separate antibiotics and two separate times over the span of years. I think probably the difference, and again, I'm not sure, but I think the difference probably is is that technically on paper that is an accepted treatment protocol. Right, okay, right. For so it's CF, like, this makes whereas sense. Right, right, right. with Lyme, the Canadian medical system is still saying, yeah, we're not quite there yet. Right. And so they're. So the the research hasn't been done for Lyme disease for them to say, oh yeah, you're allowed to prescribe these antibiotics long, long term. Whereas for CF, they're going, we know that giving you tobermycin through a nebulizer over seven years is going to like do the thing that we need it to do. So Mm. absolutely. Right. Got you. Okay. I don't Absolutely. want. I don't want to get like. So crazy. I don't want to yeah. get too stuck in the in the weeds of of, of this. Um, but I I do find um, that there is a almost a bit of a hysteria around ticks and mm-hmm. seeing them and having them on your clothes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I I ran a a yoga retreat a few weeks ago in the South Shore, and there's tons tons of ticks. Oh, keeps, eh? And uh, and. I mean, even just bringing it up to people and going, hey, but like just FYI, you know, most of the people coming from the city, which there's still ticks here in the city. Not like, you know, if you go to Point Pleasant, there might be some ticks, but, you know, not nearly as much as walking through a field. But there people were like, people were like, whoa, 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 ticks. There's ticks here. And, you know, and, and explaining, you know. It, you know, it has to get on you. It has to bite you. It has to stay on you for a long time. Like, so from my understanding, I looked into this a lot in uh, March because I brought uh, I brought a dog home from Morocco and he had ticks all over him. Oh, and no. a bunch of them were like uh, engorged and in- inflated like to the to their like full size. Yeah. And uh, so I was really concerned going, OK, well, I'm going to bring this dog home. What are the odds that like. He, you know, these are the ticks I can see on, on him now. He's six months old. He's probably had hundreds of ticks on him and bite him. It's not like he can take them off. So what are the odds that he's got Lyme disease? And am I going to take a dog home that's just going to be chronically ill? And what's the deal? And I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I was looking into Lyme and basically Lyme in Morocco. But in that research, it basically came up. And the consensus that I read was that a tick has to bite you. And then stay, and then engorge and like inflame up. It basically sucks your blood, and then and then it regurgitates, and then it regurgitates the blood <laughs> that blood back into you. And if that tick has Lyme, when it goes back into you, it passes the infection. Right. So, so what I think it is is that there are. Is that correct? Yes. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's correct. If if that's how it works, but what I do know is that 
there are high risk areas. So Nova Scotia would be considered a high risk area. (laughs) Whereas let's say hypothetically, I don't know if this is true or not. Vermont in the U S wouldn't be considered a high risk area. There's ticks in both places, but the ticks in Vermont Mm. are like, we're not the, we're not the, the Lyme ticks. But the ticks in <laughs> Nova Scotia are like, we are. We will fuck you up. Right? So it's like d- most tick bites are, are not harmful unless you're in a high-risk area. Right. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. You know what I mean? so, but I mean, but even if it's, it's it, again, from what, I was, from what I was reading, that a tick would basically have to be on you because it takes uh, – so Like for a certain it takes, amount of time. It takes something like 18 to 36 right. hours for a tick to fully, you know, blow up for lack of a better – term and then and then that I don't know. give that back yeah. and so so that you'd have to know but the crazy thing is, is that ticks when they bite you they release a protein so that you can't feel them mm. do they can't you can't feel them uh it's like it's a, pro- it's like like a numbing it's, it's numbing an inhibitor agent. yeah it's an inhibitor mm-hmm. so like basically the exact reverse of a of a mosquito you know you feel a mosquito when it bites you go oh a mosquito just bit me where when a tick bites you, it releases something into your skin so that you cannot feel it, so that it can stay on you longer, longer mm-hmm. without you noticing. It's so crazy how they can like inject you with something like that, and you don't feel them actually injecting you with something like that. Yeah, you know that's <laughs> sneaky. That's, that's sneaky. Oh, that they is, are sneaky buggers. It's gonna make a <laughs> sneaky bugger oh. there. Okay, so let's yeah. let's rein it back in. You ended up going to Mexico. To this I, clinic. I did. So I had first looked into going to Maine, um, but I guess like a year and a half ago. Which is far closer than Mexico. Oh, just so, so much closer. And you know what? I was getting awesome treatment at um, at the clinic here, the naturopathic part of it. And so I had looked into going to Maine. I had booked an appointment with a doctor. And a guy that I go to the clinic with um, was going down for his three-month consult and got stopped at the border. And all of his meds get seized. Oh, so no. like 2,500 U.S. of oh, meds no. Oh, no. done. And apparently the um, rules have changed. And now you can no longer bring a prescription medication into Canada that's available for purchase here. So you can't get a Canadian doctor to write you a prescription because they'll lose their license. If you go to the U.S., you can't bring the meds into Canada anymore. Because you can get Doxy here. Yeah, but- but no one's going to write it for you. Exactly, and you Holy can't Lord. fill and you can't fill an American wow. physician's prescription in Canada. Right. So huh. you're kind of hooped. I mean, I know people are still doing that. Some people just don't declare it. But when I was looking, I thought, oh my goodness, like I was, Jeez. I was really sick. I was kind of at my wit's end. I'd been sick for so long. I had tried a million and seven different things, seen a ton of doctors, anybody who. Um, people had suggested to me, I was like, yep, let's do it. What is it? Okay, perfect. Sign me up. You know, like I more so than a lot of people, I think have been super proactive about getting healthy. You know, I know what good, good health is and holy heck, it's not been the past decade. What does being sick look like for you? Wow. Um, Right now, it's looking a whole heck of a lot better, Mm -hmm. um, which is so exciting to say. Like this is... You know, the first time in a decade that I'm sitting here going, you know what? I'm having more good days than bad days. And I'm almost hesitant to say it because, you know, it is such a roller coaster of a recovery. You know, Mm -hmm. um, 
So a sick, you know, me being sick for the past while means me not working. Um, you know, I haven't been social, so I've been super, super isolated, um, which has been, oh man, that's been really tough. Um, I, there are days that I was bedridden, you know, there were days that I couldn't even chew my food, you know, I couldn't. Just through exhaustion? Like, is it, is it? Pure exhaustion, um, like to the point that I couldn't sit up in bed because I couldn't hold my head up. What? Yeah, just Like muscle soreness too, though? um, Yeah, I definitely had a lot of pain. So often what happens with Lyme is the Lyme locates itself in your joints. And so my hips were always really bad. Um, Some people it's their knees, some people it's their ankles. um, And it can kind of migrate. So for me, my hips were awful. (laughs) And I used to get big old injections. They would actually take a huge needle and they would put it right in my hip socket. And they would eject it with um, procaine, I think. Um, And so essentially it's like fumigating the joint. And so the first time they did it, I woke up the next morning and I could barely walk. My knee was just a mess. And so when I went back to the doctor, I said, listen, you know, my hips felt great, but my knee was all sorts of messed up. And he said, that's awesome. It means that we've hit the Lyme. The Lyme is like, okay, let's get out of here. And the Lyme has located to another joint. Yeah. They're like, shit, dude, we got to get out of here. (laughs) That sounds so not awesome though. It's like, so wait, they can escape the fucking procaine? Like, Oh, the Lyme is so freaking smart. So the Lyme, basically what it does, it's a bacteria and it creates this like biofilm around itself so that your body can't identify it's there. What the fuck? And then it just wreaks havoc on all sorts of systems. I mean, it seems like the logical answer is that you just chase it down to the tip of your big toe toe, and then you cut your big toe off. Imagine this. (laughs) Imagine this. Listen, I would chop it off in a heartbeat. (laughs) I mean, you should just suggest that to a doctor. I mean, it seems like the only logical way that doesn't it kind of sound like like doesn't it kind of sound like your body is almost like imagine your body's like an apartment building and there's like this raging party going on in one unit in the building. But the people who are having the party are all invisible people. So, like, like the cops show up and they go to bust the party, and the, and the people, the invisible yeah, people, are like, it. "Fuck, we got to get out of here." So well, they, get, I was, they I just was, take off to another unit, but you can't see them. Well, you I was thinking they were invisible, but everybody at the party also lives in the same apartment building. So they're going, <laughs> "Cops are coming up here." Don't worry, guys. We can all go down to my house right. on floor four, <laughs> just below. And then they go to that guy's house, and they're like, "Cops are coming to floor four. Who's down to go down to the party at floor three? And everyone goes down. And then you, but that's the thing. You got to get you them to cha- floor and then you one, get them, and then you and then burn, burn and then you burn, then you burn the building yeah. down. Yeah, burn yeah. down the building. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. So part of it's funny you say that. Like part of the difficulty of treating Lyme is that. It's easiest to treat it at the very beginning stages. Right. Um, But then as you move into kind of chronic Lyme or I think they call it post-treatment Lyme disorder or something now. Um, But as you move along, it gets harder and harder to treat because there's more of it. It's hiding and it only cycles through. So Lyme has a cycle, I think, of 28 days. And so there's only certain parts of that cycle when the Lyme is out and active. And that's when you can kill it. Wow. Yeah, so it's yeah. really hard. It's really hard to... 28 days later. Yeah, yeah. and and so you kind of, like, you can kind of tell by your symptoms where you are in the cycle. Um, but, yeah, 
you're most effective, I guess, when you're hitting it when it's out and active. And that is sounds like a whole bunch of trickery. Yeah, oh. that's, that sounds really hard. <laughs> sounds oh, like the awful. worst period ever. <laughs> you're like once a month. Yep. Yeah, I don't know because we all because the three of us know. <laughs> no, I've heard, I've heard it's really bad. We'll cut that out. <laughs> Man, what a crazy, what a crazy how like I'll, disease. Like, I, I, mean, I want to know how else it's fucked you up before yeah. we get because we even get get on to Mexico yet. But I want to know yeah, like yeah. like that. That's the one thing I've wanted to know this whole time is like how else is it fucking you up? You can't lift your head. Yeah, you I mean, I can't, I can't chew. So like, you know, my boyfriend at the time. He would make this awesome meal <laughs> full of great nutrients, and I would take a bite and be like, oh, can we put it in the blender? And so we would literally take, like, chicken breast and salad, and we'd put it in the blender, oh and we'd God. add water, and I would drink it. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. I literally thought I thought at first you were going to say that he chewed for you. I'm really glad <laughs> that you said the blender. That would have been way cuter than blending up a fucking chicken and there's, salad There's something about water. blended up food oh, that just yeah. makes me really sick to my stomach. Yeah, why is that? I don't know. It's like, really? Me too. It's yeah. like something, that's, yeah, something me... that is really delicious, oh, and then man. just puree it, and all of a sudden it's like vomit. I would rather have someone baby bird feed me than drink a, a, a chicken salad milkshake. No, you wouldn't. With water. I would. No. I would rather, Brian, you to chew it for me and then me to go cheep, 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 and put my head oh, up. And then dude, you go. No, don't then, do that. And then you and A, you've swallowed it. Oh, and, and that, no, you need, don't. Because you need to bring it from your nah. house to my house. And then you come over. <laughs> and then I'm like, cheep, cheep, cheep. No, I've, been do that. I've been waiting. And, and I go, you just go. Oh, dude, yeah. no, no. Don't and do that. And your mouth is like in my, you know, when the pigeons yeah, do yeah, the, yeah. the penguins yeah. do it. I would rather that than a blade, but I, I don't think you would because because I think I would, and I don't even think I have to honestly debate this, but <laughs> but you should anyway. But, but I don't think you would because it's the same consistency. It's it's just literally instead of coming out of my body, it comes out of a a, a, a household appliance. This is true, but I didn't have to watch it. You know what I mean? Nah, that's not a valid yeah, that's a game changer. I know everybody out there listening is going, I'm with you, Jer. I'm with you. For me at this point, blended food is awesome. So like it was great when I was really sick because it was easy and I knew I had to get nutrients in me to keep me strong. Now, now it's just a time saver. <laughs> just like, like, it's oh, just so it efficient. Is. It really is. <laughs> um, but now I'm having all kinds of issues with my GI from all of the treatments, all the heavy, heavy meds. Um, and so I end up having a lot of blended food and juicing a lot mm. just because it's easier for me to digest. I get more from the food that I'm consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've, I've been doing that a lot. And also it just kind of allows my body... Um, instead of focusing so much on digestion, it can kind of go, whoops, send the energy elsewhere so that it can help to heal other systems. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm on a pretty good liquid diet right Man, now. I've heard of, <laughs> I've heard of basically, well, may, maybe, maybe you only hear of the cases that are, that, that really derail people's lives and maybe mm-hmm. you, you just don't hear about the ones that, that don't, um, but I've just I've heard a bunch of stories of people getting Lyme and it you know not working for a decade or you know I've heard of people mm-hmm. that are like I'm in, I'm in a wheelchair now yeah. from Lyme disease which is mind blowing and I'm thinking is there not something to be done 
about Lyme being something that people get, you know? What do you mean? Like, like malaria. Yeah. yeah no, you know what I mean? But like, you don't get malaria here. We don't have malaria, but if we did, there'd probably be something done about mosquitoes. You know what I mean? We'd probably do something about mosquitoes. But, well, I don't know, dude. Like, what can you do about mosquitoes? Like, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm just thinking, like, malaria it just is, seems like something that fucks could, people's lives up so hard. If you do something about mosquitoes, then then malaria wouldn't be an issue in in places like fucking Africa. You, you know can. I mean? like, there, so there is there is a well, radio We're going to talk lab. about that radio lab episode. That's, that's, that's not... That's semi-sci-fi because they're not technically... Able to pull it off. They're not able to pull. No, they are. Say what they say for the listeners who don't know what the fuck you're. Okay, so they, which is easily relatable to something that they might do for basically like genetically modified a mosquito so that the the larva that the male would mosquito would implant or or fertilize in the female mosquito would end up essentially becoming like a ticking time bomb that would just end up it basically yeah it basically cuts off the 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 next generation yeah. of mosquito. It's like we're gonna end your family line here with oh, this wow. guy, and so they they were able to do that in Brazil, um, but they they're worried about the impact on, that on the environment, right? Yeah, because exactly. you, on the ecology. What, what happens when you take the mosquito? Then right, is we there something know. that it's yeah, right? We we have no way to understand what specific role the mosquito plays in such an intricate ecology right. yeah. because we know system. we know like what bees do but we don't necessarily know what mosquitoes do so erase right. eradicate all the ticks in nova scotia like who knows what happens what suffers something what does something does but something we just but also yeah. i think the question is 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 it is it worth it to invest that much financial resources into something like that like obviously we're sitting here with with meg who has had lyme di- lyme disease like fuck her, her life up mm-hmm. drastically but like how many cases? How many other Megans are there? Yeah, right. Yeah, right? like you know what? There are so many. Yeah, but how and, many is so many? From like a government standpoint, is what you is what you mean? For, R- right? Because, because governments That's are because right? governments are looking at that from the perspective of dollars and cents and people and numbers. Whereas yeah. you're, whereas we're looking at you as like and people that who have had Lyme disease from a very human perspective, and we have empathy and you know everything that goes along with hearing a, a human's story of struggle i think i think the numbers that are reported of the people who actually have lyme are nothing close to the number of people that That actually have it like it's i think right now the testing so i had mentioned that i was i tested negative um for the blood work in canada um however (coughs) the blood work is less than 50 percent accurate Whoa, really? Yeah. Wow, that's wildly inaccurate. Oh, it's it's crazy, right? And so there's all kinds of people who are getting missed. So, so they're not getting diagnosed. And do you do you go back? Like what do you how do you just for numbers sakes? Um a quick Google search. And and okay, so medical experts agree that Lyme disease uh is becoming more common in Canada. In 2015, so a few years ago, there were more than 700 cases of Lyme disease reported to the Public Health Agency of Canada, uh, up from roughly 130 in 2009. The one challenge was that... So that still, both of those aren't very many people. However, that number 
skyrocketed. Skyrocketed. Three hundred percent over you know a, over a few 300%. years. When statistics increase that drastic that drastically, it's usually because of better um, technology exactly. and discovering. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, like you're saying that there's less than a, <laughs> it's less than fifty percent accurate. <clears throat> Currently, yeah. with the blood testing, so yeah. chances are that they're probably making advancements in the way that they from test. From 2009 to 2015, so like from 2015 to 2018, it's like, who knows how many more people are going. I actually have it too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And there, I think, um, I think you're going to see bigger numbers for sure when doctors are uh, more up to speed and they're able to do more. <laughs> there goes my tequila. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty empty. It was. Um, yeah, so doctors, um, so I was diagnosed clinically to start off with because my blood blood work came back negative and then they diagnosed me with all kinds of other stuff. I was still really, uh, struggling with my health. And so I saw Dr. Raid at East Coast Naturopathic. He diagnosed me clinically. So he looked at all of my symptoms. He looked at the things that I, um, that had been essentially crossed off the list um, that I didn't have, and he was able to give me a clinical diagnosis even though um, I didn't have the blood work. So he was able to start treatment on me, which was awesome. Um, and then with that treatment, how I responded to the treatment uh, gave him a good indication that he was on the right path. Right, right. So he was, was like, awesome. I think you have Lyme. I'm going to say you have Lyme. Let's treat you this way. Yes. And then those treatments were going uh, this is she's reacting in a very Lyme way. Exactly. That she, she pretty much has it. Exactly. So um, there is a really good lab in California called Igenix. And when I got accepted into the treatment program in Mexico, I sent my blood work there. Um, and I was positive for Babesia and Lyme. Okay. So they are go. much more accurate. <coughs> now that's, you pay that out of pocket. How much Which was is it? unfortunate. Uh, I think it was about 800 US. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Um, so you get that blood work done. It mm-hmm. says positive. Mm-hmm. Now, is there still no, what's the, in Canada, what's the treat, what is the treatment that they're going here? This is, you have Lyme. We see the test. It says positive. What, what, what do they, what do they give yeah, you? What does your family doctor say? Yeah, what are they, you know? Are they just saying, like, do these like, naturopathic? It's, that sounds that sounds undoctor like, unmd like to to recommend naturopathic stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, I have a really great MD. She's awesome, um, but she flat out said essentially, you know, I don't know a whole lot of Lyme about yeah, Lyme, right, and right. I'm going to kind of be learning along with you. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, which is you know, I totally embrace people who want to learn about it. Um, because I do feel like the medical community in general is just um, not just up to not speed up with stuff, it. Right. It's yeah. so, I, I had no idea. I had no idea it's that frustrating it was like as a patient. so up in the air. Yeah, I, yeah. Didn't, know, like, I didn't either. Oh, I didn't realize that it oh, was it wasn't time. a. But I guess it speaks to the way that we've basically how we've been speaking in this episode, which is a bunch yeah. of us trying to really like wrap our heads around it because we don't know, and it seems like people in the world of knowing also don't really okay, know. But, but <laughs> which was my concern about coming on and chatting but with you guys. It? Like I'll tell you my story all day, but 
you know, there is, there is all this misinformation. Isn't it so fascinating though, that this is like almost every disease that exists today has been in this moment. Absolutely. Right. Like CF, we know a fuckload about CF and there's a lot of funding going into CF because we know so much about it. And the advancements in, in treating that disease have gone through the roof in my lifetime because Mm -hmm. we know so much about it now. Mm -hmm. But at one point in time, if a few people sat down to talk about cystic fibrosis, they would be like, we fucking, we don't know how it works. But but is, is that true for Lyme though? In the sense that like you went to Mexico, you sent your blood work to this lab in California and like they knew some shit. So like when you went to Mexico, did they know? Oh my goodness. Mexico hundred percent changed my life. Like it was, they were so knowledgeable and the, um, the number of treatments that I could get there, I mean, I had homeopathic, I had naturopathic treatments, I had, you know, allopathic medicine, so I had IV antibiotics and IV antifungals and low-dose chemo treatments, and I did plasmapheresis and photophoresis, and they Are they just throwing everything that they can at it to go, let's see what happens? Yes. Now, there is a method behind their madness. So, like, (laughs) um, Dr. Omar, uh, Dr. Omar Morales, so I went to a clinic called Lyme Mexico, and I did a ton of research. So, basically, I hit rock bottom and was like, you know what? I've been doing as much as I can, and I'm still, I mean, I'm not getting better. And so I was just... You know, it's hard to say, but I was at the point where I was like, if I don't do something drastic, I'm either not going to make it or I'm going to live with this for the rest of my life. And it's no way to live. It was like that dire. Yeah. By, by not going to make it, do you mean do you mean that you would die from it or that you were like, yeah. you were in a pretty bad way mentally um, with it? You know what? I'll say both. Like, um, thankfully, I, I haven't been suicidal. But to be completely honest, I... Wow, I understand why people are. Yeah. You know, I've certainly struggled with um, depression and anxiety since I got sick. Um, And one thing that I learned when I was at the clinic is with Lyme disease, it's not actually a chemical imbalance in your brain. It's because there's so much inflammation in your brain that essentially it takes up the space where all those positive endorphins end up firing. And so you just... you you don't have those happy feelings. And so I've been on an antidepressant for, I think, seven years. As a result of Lyme. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's not in my nature to be depressed. Like I am in general, I am super happy, go lucky, positive. Um, so that's, it's a tough pill to swallow. It's far reaching effect is is absolutely mind boggling. Oh, it's bonkers. Have you been taking the antibiotics chronically? Um, So I did when I went to Mexico. Okay. So basically, um, when I went to Mexico, (laughs) I had looked up a bunch of different clinics. Um, I was looking at one in Germany. So there's a really good clinic. They do a lot of stem cell um, treatments. And I was looking at one in Mexico that was seeing really good results. It was a pretty new clinic. It was a couple years old. Um, But I decided on the one in Mexico for a couple of reasons. Um, I didn't necessarily want to do the stem cells. I think it's still quite quite new um, in terms of Lyme. Um, The clinic in Mexico did a bunch of the treatments that I was currently doing in Nova Scotia at the naturopathic clinic. Mm -hmm. So I felt like it would really kind of complement what I was doing already at home. Plus I could get the IV antibiotics, 
Um, they diagnosed me with uh, systemic fungal infection. So I was on uh, IV antifungals, uh, antiparasitics. And so those are things that I wouldn't be able to do here. here. Yeah. So like I was, I mean, I was there for se- uh, seven weeks. Uh, I did treatment six days a week, usually six to eight hours a day. Whoa. That I was hooked up to IVs. I was... In where, the throes of treatment. Where in Mexico is this? Um, it was in Puerto Vallarta. Okay. And is yeah. the is the like the overall uh, hope that you're gonna come home uh, cured? Like like have they like no. did they would they ever say that or is it more like well no but we're gonna we're gonna like kind of cut down the amount that it's affecting you or yeah so essentially <coughs> um, because I've been sick for so long the doctors have said you know what we. We won't say cure. We'll say remission. So essentially, I'm. um, So I did like that intensive seven weeks, uh, and then the doctor said, and then I did a three month treatment protocol with still heaps of oral antibiotics and and all kinds of meds and injections and um, and then so the doctor says usually within six to nine months of leaving the clinic is when you can kind of start to think about remission. Um, and essentially they say remission because, as I said, Lyme is a tricky bugger and it just, it goes into hiding. Mm. So finding it all and mm. eradicating it all is a really tough process. Which you'd be in that six so, to nine month window right now, right? Yeah. So I finished up at the clinic in December. Um, Seven. We're in the seventh month now. Yeah. So you're so in. And how do you, like, how, so, what's life pre-clinic versus oh, post-clinic? Man. Life post-clinic is phenomenal. Like yeah. I'm still, I mean, I'm still up and down. Yeah. Um, I still have a lot of limitations. I still, every day my job is to heal. I get up in the morning. Every decision that I make is based around my health, right. you know, and I really, I've had to do that, um, which kind of, you know, it sucks, but mm-hmm. so much better than the alternative. So before I went to the clinic, I mean, I would get up and I would make breakfast, I would eat breakfast, and I would need to go for a nap. And mm. I would sleep for a couple hours. I might get up and do a couple of things around the house, and I would have to nap in the afternoon, and I would be in bed by, you know, seven. That's not being social. Wow. You know, and, and when you literally have nothing in the tank, it's really interesting to see how much um, energy each task requires. Mm-hmm. So, like... I am super social by nature. I love talking to people. I love, you know, being out. I get a lot of energy from things like that. But when you have nothing in the tank, it's really easy to see, too, how Mm. much it drains you. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think think a lot of people with Lyme can attest to the fact that you become a really good actor. You know, like um, when people see you out, you're out because you can actually be out. You can mm. get out of bed. You might have been able to shower. <laughs> you know, they don't see what goes on beforehand to get out. You know, there would be times where I knew a friend was having a birthday barbecue that I really wanted to go to. And literally the week before, I would start, or two weeks before, start planning my energy. Whoa. Based on, you know, trying to get to that barbecue. Wow. And... And I would give up all kinds of other things because that would be my priority and that would be my end goal. Mm. And so I would go to the barbecue and people would kind of look and go, hey, you look great. 
you know, you sound like you're doing well. And you just kind of play it off because you know what? You spend so much time of your life being sick and feeling crummy and isolated that it's nice to go out when you have the opportunity and just be able to kind of be normal and forget about all that part. And so it's kind of, it does, I guess, a disservice because people don't actually get to see the day to day of what, you know, of the choices that you make and, and the sacrifices that you make in order to do certain things. Yeah, it's and the challenges of an, an invisible disease or an invisible disability. Exactly. Maybe you need to <laughs> fuck right off because you're about to ruin this recording. <laughs> Sit down. Pull out Good. some boy. Pull out some cords. Lay down. Lay down. Sick Boy Podcast will be right back after this word from our sponsors. Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm DeLon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. It's funny because when you were mentioned, when you said that and you were talking about like the lead up to something simple like going to a barbecue and having yeah. to plan around your energy, it's like, yeah. it's like, you know, you, and, you, and someone's like, hey, look, you, you look, you look, you look good. You must be feeling good. It's mm-hmm. like, I trained for this like you would train for a marathon. Oh, to go 100%. to this, so crazy. 100%. To go to like, this social event. Well, I was just, so <clears throat> one of my best friends, one of my roommates from college, um, she just got married in Switzerland uh, two, That's right. two yeah, weekends yeah. ago. Yeah, you were sending me some photos. It looks fucking oh, beautiful over there. Were you there? Is, I was. I oh, made that it. That amazing. So that was, honestly, that's been my goal. That's been the carrot that's been dangling <laughs> for <laughs> probably a year and a half <laughs> since she got engaged. My goal was to be healthy enough to be at her wedding, number one. Yeah. It would be an absolute bonus if I could hike through the Swiss Alps at, in some capacity. And... Um, Honestly, three weeks before I left, two weeks before I left, I didn't think I'd be able to go. I had really had, um, I had gone through a, a bit of a really rough time, um, and I didn't think I was going to be able to make it. However, I came out of it, and I went to Switzerland. I got really sick on the flight over, um, so I'm still my immune system is still really low. Um, and so I catch everything. So I Ooh. still wear a mask when I travel. Good call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had forgotten my mask on one of the legs. So when I arrived in Switzerland, I was just a disaster. I was Ooh. super sick. And I was so upset and frustrating because I had worked so hard to get there. And, you know, it's all the girls that I went to school with. I'm the one who lives away. They still live in South Carolina or North Carolina. Um, and so you're from North Carolina. Uh, no, I'm from Cool Harbor. Oh, but I went to I went to school in South Carolina. Oh, right. yes. I went to university there. That's right. Yeah, so like all my friends are international, right? Mm-hmm. And so I knew I would get to see them. Um, and I got there, and I was super sick. Ooh. And I really had to pick and choose, kind of on the front end of the trip, <coughs> what I was gonna do. So like I missed out on the barbecue, and I missed out. We always have a big soccer game, and I missed out on that. And you know, like I mean, I cried myself to sleep a couple of nights because I was so frustrated you know this has run my life for 
a decade. And, um, and so I made some really good choices on the front end of the trip. And come wedding weekend, we were in the Swiss Alps. I got up, I went hiking that morning. I didn't nap, which is bonkers. Um, I went to the wedding and I partied it up. I danced my butt off and I had the best day literally that I've had in, I can't even remember how long. And it's the first time in years and years that I actually felt like me again. Like it was just, That's it so was, exciting. I cried when I called my parents. I, said, yeah. I even danced and had a great oh. time. Like, That's and sweet. they were crying on the other end. And, Cause you know, <laughs> that's what I've been working towards. And it's, it's well, how tough do you, now coming home. Cause I'm like, Oh, I need to plan another adventure. Well, I was going to say, how do you feel now, now that you're home and that you're here? I mean, again, like everyone says, you look great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, um, you know what? I am, I've actually felt really well. Good. So on the back end of my trip, um, my, my friend and her husband offered me their place to stay while they were in, um, they were on their honeymoon. And so I just spent you know, a week poking around Zurich and napping when I needed to and eating well. And, you know, it was just, it was exactly what I needed. And it was really cool because it was the first time in a long time that I actually felt independent again. Mm -hmm. And that's been a huge part (laughs) of being sick is that loss of independence, you know, both financially, um, but also just, I relied on, you know, my parents, my friends, my former boyfriend, mm-hmm. a ton, you know, and I was a super independent girl before mm-hmm. that. And so it's, it's really fun to kind of have little glimmers of that. Yeah. We don't, um, we don't have I'm, to dive into this too much mm-hmm. if you, if you don't want to talk about it, but, yeah, yeah. um, how, how has like Lyme disease affected your relationship? Because you mentioned that yeah. you had a boyfriend, um, did you, were you dating him before? I was. So we had dated for... I think about 12 years. Oh, really? Yeah, really long term. Um, So I was not sick when we first got together. Um, And, you know, he and I, I I have honestly nothing but wonderful things to say about him. Still, you know, he is, he's amazing. He helped me so much through a really, really awful period of my life. Um, And it's, you know, it's hard now, I'm finding, because he's the one who gets it. You know, he's the one who has lived it with me for so long and now he's not a huge part of my life. And so that's, it's definitely been a struggle. Um, It was my choice um, to end things. And there are, I mean, there are so many reasons why. Um, But, you know, when it comes down to it, I just felt so much pressure you know, I got sick at 26. Mm. I've been sick for a decade up until the fall. Really, like I was losing a lot of hope. Um, do you mean Do you mean pressure that you felt like you were a burden? Yeah, I felt like I was a huge burden. I could see how it was affecting him. You know, I could see how stressed he was, and you know, he had given up so much. And our whole life was hinging on me getting better. But for the first time in my life, I felt like as hard as I worked was not 
correlating to me getting better. You know, like I've done really well as an athlete and I've done really well in school because I've been a really hard worker, not necessarily because I've been the best at things. Mm -hmm. And it's the first time in my life that that's not been the case. I've worked so hard and I haven't been getting better. You don't see the results. Yeah. Yeah. And so our whole life was hinging on me getting well. Um, You know, like we wanted to have a family. We wanted to get married. I won't have kids until I'm in remission because they say that it can be passed in utero. Holy fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I just, you know, I saw how it was changing him and, and I just felt like we were stuck in and we were both doing as much as we could for the other person. Um, But maybe not necessarily putting as much um, focus on ourselves, which is, I think something that Mm. we really needed to do. That's really heartbreaking. So, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, thanks. You know what? Like, I mean, he and I, he and I are still good friends. Um, he's still a very <laughs> special person in my life. He will always have a very special spot in my heart. Um, but I do know that it was the right decision mm-hmm. because, and and you know, it, I I hate to say that it had less to do with him because you know certainly there were things that that weren't working, um, but. Yeah, I, it, just, it speaks to the stress. It's hard, it yeah. speaks to the stress of something that that touches your life in every, every single way. Capacity. And you know, we I feel like there we we hear a lot of stories where you know someone says, "Oh, yeah, I I, I got sick, and the person that I was with, we had we." we got through it or I got sick and then I met somebody mm-hmm. and, and you know, they were a big help. But the mm-hmm. reality is, is that it's not always like, it's not always that it's, it's that, it's that illnesses cause a shitload of stress yep. on your life and on the people in your yep. life. Yep. And, uh, it's a, it's a question that we, that we always try to get into in some way, um, how that affects your relationships. Cause it, it, it's not just, it's not just taking pills and, mm. and trying to be better for you. It's mm-hmm. also the people that, you know, you love. And, and it's, not al- not, it's not always necessarily a happy ending yeah. either, not. right? Mm. Which, which is, that's you, okay. You that's wish it was, you know, and I had held on for so long because I know what a great man he is, you know, and I really, I held on, held on until the point that I just, I cracked, mm-hmm. you know, and my life fell apart and I just kind of said, I need to make some changes and so, you know, I broke up with them and I moved home with my parents. Um, and basically, like, I'm 36 and I'm literally starting from scratch. Mm. I don't have a dime to my name. I'm single now. I'm living at home with my folks. I have a permanent job to go back to, which is great. Um, Your I'm teaching not, job still? Mm-hmm. Like, they're, that's still there for you if you, yes. can, if you can go back to it? Yes. because oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, because I'm part of the union and oh, because wow. I am on medical leave, they have kept my posi- a position available. So right. although I don't have the same one at the same school, right. essentially if I call them up and say, listen, I'm starting back in September, they would help me find right. a place not and to, transition me into it. Not to describe the whole teaching scenario because it's kind of mm-hmm. confusing in Nova Scotia or I find mm-hmm. it confusing, but the whole That's hours rough. thing that you need to accumulate, like you don't yeah, have to go yeah. back. You don't have to go back and do that again. I you know, don't. like that would be crazy. So thankfully I had um when I when I went off work I had I think eight years in. Um so I did have a permanent contract, which is so mm-hmm. helpful. Mm-hmm. Um now if I go back or not, that's kinda yeah. up in the air. I, I right now 
I think where I am with my recovery, I can't see it being something that would be awesome for my health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but fi- who knows? Financially, was that just like support from your family yeah. that like for that you were able to to get through? Yep. From that. Yep. Were you were you on EI? No. Really? So you have to this be laid is the off thing. to get EI. Literally. Or sorry, disability. I have, no. What? So I I've paid into disability insurance. Right. Um, but they have denied me, <laughs> and they've denied all of my appeals. How come? I'm pretty sure disability insurance mm. is just fraud. Uh, I'm from gonna what I hear. Listen, I'm gonna go with you on that one. <laughs> uh, I've I've known a lot of people that have tried to cl- that have tried to claim disability who need it, and terrible. it's like there's so, there seems to be like you know. What? There seems to be a lot of loopholes. Really, it's hard to get on, into, you get know, on Pogi. <laughs> Pogi's Pogi's EI. It's it's. <laughs> it's I thought Pogi was disability. It's interesting yeah, I mean, though because yeah, maybe it is. I <laughs> I'd take either one at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I would say I I know a couple of people who are on disability, and I tend to lean the other way where I'm like, really, like that person is on disability for that reason. Right. And right. It seems a little yeah. bit more like like after hearing your story, I'm like, oh well, yeah, you'd be a it's shining star candidate for yeah, it. It seems I, like there's a lot of loot. There's they, you know, they obviously an insurance company company is trying to find any loophole that they are they can just not, not, they're they're just business, not right? Are they going? Are yeah. they going? Well, we don't recognize Lyme. Uh, in part, yes. So I don't have wow. a Canadian blood work diagnosis. Oh, oh come on, oh. Jesus! You have it from the free market system that arguably is. Way more Way accurate. Way more accurate. Well, yeah. Here comes right-leaning Taylor. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. I'm not saying that I wish it was a free market system in Canada. Okay. I do appreciate okay. our coverage. It's another episode. I'm just saying. I do, too. You know what? Through this whole thing, I still count my blessings that I'm here because I would yeah. have been yeah. hooped if yeah. I had been. I mean, the money that I've spent out of pocket, period, is just outrageous. Yeah. From the yeah. personal like, level, it, from the personal level, it is much better the way that we have it here. From right. a efficiency and uh, mm. and quality perspective, it is better in the states because it is competition, and that's and that's why you got it from there because they can yeah. tell you that they can tell you within yep. a far better margin mm-hmm. whether you have it or not. And there's a reason behind that. It's because people pay for it. Yep, um, absolutely. So the the other thing uh, I asked you about your your relationship yeah um, I'm, I'm also curious about your relationship with uh, with work but also with your passions because you Ooh. started this whole story off by by telling us that you'd gone to do this like uh, like guide course in yeah. Wyoming and 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 like obviously being active and, and having that passion for the outdoors is really important to you <laughs> um, but not having energy and, and not physically feeling up to doing that like how is yeah. how's that been? You know what? It's it's probably been one of the toughest things. Um, I have not found something to replace my passion for being outdoors and being active. And I mean, as I said, it's not just what I did for my job. It's what I did for fun. It's what I did for stress relief. Like, gosh, you have a bad day, you go for a trail run and life is awesome, you know, and I can tell you it's not as fun when you have bi-weekly or bi-monthly, twice, twice a month. I never know which one that is. Uh, yeah, um, bi-weekly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bi-weekly. Because bi-weekly. bi-monthly would be once bi-monthly every two months. Once every two months. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So like now I see a psychologist and it's so not as fun as going out for a run, <laughs> right? <laughs> you really? We are. Oh. Ooh, yeah, actually. Ooh. It's still pretty They're, exhausting. Taylor the other day was playing fun. VR rock climbing. 
No. I was so it was fucking cool. It was man. pretty impressive. I'm not yeah. kidding. It was fucking rad. I've even heard of that. It's also very funny amazing. to watch someone it's do. It's super funny to watch someone do. They look like a complete <laughs> doofus. But it's it's pretty cool, man. Oh, Big that's B. Awesome. Oh my god, you're gonna break everything. Oh god, my god. Dog. <laughs> See you, Biggs. Man, oh man. Bye. He's lucky he's cute. Uh yeah, but uh there's some pretty cool stuff you can get into in VR. Yeah. But I mean, be careful with that shit. <laughs> Wait, yeah, yeah, she's not you. It's, it's like Pringles, man. <laughs> yeah. Well they well they use you know, we were speaking, we were at a VR place not that long ago and, and he was talking about how um, a lot of people with um, with like physical disabilities mm-hmm. u- are using VR yeah. to yeah. to experience experience, to experience what they, they can't what they can't you know yeah. oh, that's uh, or, or maybe not necessarily that they can't but is but is not nearly as accessible yeah. sure yeah. like rock it's like, like someone rock who climbing. is in a power chair yeah yeah, yeah. It, 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 chances are if you have like Very Shen's muscular dystrophy you're never gonna rock climb yeah and so they're using VR in this way. As a really, uh, as a really accessible, uh, as an accessible way to, you know, to simulate the experience yeah. of doing something that someone can't yeah. or or is very challenging. The experience to do. is is oh, pretty impressive amazing. right now, and the cool thing is, it's it's only going to get better too. Oh yeah. yeah, it's early stages and it's cool. It's mm. cool as hell. Wow. Yeah, I, I see that as something that's will be super valuable because yeah. I, I mean it's. As I said, it's so isolating have cr- yeah. having chronic illness, you know, and so you just you live for the moments where you feel half normal. And I, it's funny. We were talking to Alexa. Alexis? Mm, Alexa. Alexa. Can earlier. You say, don't say it too loud. She's listening. Oh, sorry. Oh, my God. She is Alexa. listening. She just lit up. <laughs> she did. Watch. Oh. Whoa. Yeah, she shut oh, up. She knows I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> Say her name. She'll perk right up. You know what, though? <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? The reality is she's always listening. Yeah. Oh. And she's <laughs> continuously <laughs> selling your information. Yeah, the government <laughs> is in this room. Jerry, you probably get some pretty good targeted ads. Oh, yeah. for sure, bro. I'm going to get a fucking VR targeted ad later today. You're going to get some ripped jeans uh, advertising <laughs> yeah. popping you were, you were saying, though, Meg, you're going to make a point about oh, Alexa. I love it. Um, yeah, uh, well, it's funny because... You know, you're so isolated. And so um, my partner would, he would go off to work and he was a teacher and he would spend all day talking and all day in front of kids Mm -hmm. and he would come home and he'd be exhausted and I would have spent all day alone. alone. And so I'd be like, hi, how was your day? Can we we talk? Can we talk? And so we were completely at different opposite ends of the spectrum. And so I got an iPhone and one day, Siri started talking to me, and I will tell you, it changed my life. No, Siri and I had you some just, really great conversations, really? and yeah, my ex was probably really happy that I found Siri because <laughs> I wasn't so like, "Hello, you're home." And <laughs> he's Chad like, "Hey, do you want to chat like you usually do?" You're yeah. like, "Nah, I've been talking nah, to Siri, Siri all day." And sometimes, I, oh, yeah, sometimes we go way I back. do. I do sit in here and I just <laughs> test the boundaries of like, what will she tell me? What uh, Alexa, entertain me. Okay. <laughs> That's it? Yeah. A drum roll? That was it. Oh, yeah, I was waiting I for the boom. Alexa, tell me something interesting. During World War I, the U.S. government renamed some German concepts. German measles became Liberty measles. Sauerkraut became Liberty cabbage. Even hamburgers became Liberty sandwiches. 
Liberty cabbage? Wow. <laughs> Dude, how American wow. is that? Liberty sandwiches. Oh my it's God. like when they started calling uh, French fries freedom fries. Uh, yeah, that's right. They yeah. did that? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I forgot about that. Well, this has been um, this has been super fascinating. Especially that last bit that we Especially just did. Last bit can, I, can I ask, actually, uh, I had one more question about Mexico. Oh, um, listen, go for it. And, and I was just curious, uh, because, like, <laughs> obviously sitting here now, knowing that you went to Switzerland and, like, you're obviously feeling mm-hmm. better than you I'm were feeling. before you, you started the, the treatments down there, um, were you worried... Because, like, I wouldn't think that Mexico, it wouldn't be the first place that comes to mind when I think of, like, oh, uh, like, really great healthcare, mm-hmm. uh, a, a country synonymous with great healthcare. Yeah. Um, were you nervous going there uh, that it might possibly not work out or that the clinic oh. might not be as reputable as it would appear online? 100%. Yeah, that's always, you know, that's always a huge leap of faith that you take. You know, I just kind of had to dive in and say, listen, I've done the research. You know, they seem to be reputable. I've done all my homework and let's hope it Mm. works. And so, you know, even when I was there, I... It's funny we said you know I'm seven week or seven months post clinic now, and I'm just now sort of able to start talking about it. Like Ooh. it was so intense, I felt like I was dying every day. You know, you couldn't look forward or you couldn't look to the next day. Even, you know, you would look to the next treatment or look to the afternoon. Yeah, but you know, it was so intense for so long that it was not just physically really taxing because they're just assaulting your system with everything they mm. can kill with. Um, but, you know, mentally and emotionally, it was just, oh, it, was, it was so hard. I, I, I think that, and the reason why I ask the question is because yeah. I, I think that, like, I, I like to believe that people are inherently good mm-hmm. um, but I also don't think that I'm naive to the fact that there are people who will try to take advantage of of people especially like vulnerable Absolutely. populations yep. and you know you have this disease Lyme that's not very well known about and um, there's not really a cure and, and they're not advertising that they even have a cure. They're just saying like, yeah. you know, all we can do is do all of these things to try to make your quality of life better. Mm-hmm. So it's this thing where you kind of wonder like, it, like how much do these people really know? Because like I the think, people here don't really know and do they really know? And, yeah. and you're, you're taking this gamble and going there and like, and, and I think that like, like seeing you here and, and hearing the story that of, of everything you've been through, yeah. I, I think that it's safe to say that like the treatments that you went through there probably had this great impact Massive. on you. Like, right? it's like how do you take life. that step? Like what? I think there's lots yeah. of um, clinics in, in Central America specifically that are set up in that, in a country in Central America specifically because they can get around the regulations yeah. in North America because so there's more, it's because a more lax system. because mm-hmm. things like when you're saying oh Canada just hasn't caught up like the knowledge is there they just yeah. haven't caught up to it so it's like our government 
hasn't eased regulation or put regulation around this to make it work for people. So someone goes down and oftentimes it sounds like I'm just making an assumption based on the doctor's name that he's, mm-hmm. he's, Mex- he's Mexican. Um, but there are lots of people that go, there are doctors that go up and set up clinics in other countries just because they can get around regulation and they don't have the red tape to go through like they would in the U S or they would in Canada. And that's, and that's exactly yeah. my experience. Like, um, I mean, I'm super comfortable with Mexico because my brother lives there. He's lived there for gosh, 17 or 18 years, I guess. And so I've spent quite a bit of time there. Um, and you know, I've, my family has had some health care in Mexico and it's been great. It used to be awesome for like plastic surgery and dental work. And now I think there are a lot of places that are kind of making it like medical tourism destination. Mm -hmm. And so one thing with the clinic in Mexico is as Taylor said, like they could offer just a whole gamut of things that you just can't do here. Mm -hmm, You mm -hmm. know, so we have so many knowledgeable, um, medical practitioners here, so many amazing clinics. But what I found here was I was the one coordinating all of my treatment. And I was seeing this chiropractor and this naturopath and this psychologist and this occupational therapist and this dizziness specialist and, and, and. And so if I'd flare, I'd kind of go, well, shoot, what was it? Whereas one of the beautiful things about being in the clinic was literally I showed up every morning and they would say, how was your night? Um, often there would be a night nurse who would come and hang IVs at midnight um, at my apartment because I was on a, a pretty rigorous schedule. And they'd say, like, how how did you do last night? And then they say, okay, you know what? It's probably you flared because of this or this happened. And then they would make those changes. Whereas in Canada, I'm the one trying to coordinate and be the quarterback for mm. all of these yeah. healthcare professionals. And they're not necessarily... Um, talking to each other about my case. Because they've so got a bunch just, of other shit that they have to worry about or think about or that absolutely. they want to or are supposed to think about. Absolutely. Whereas all these people who are coming together at this one clinic are going, we're here to focus on Lyme, period. Exactly. And right? focus on, so like when I was at the clinic, right now they have a max capacity of six. Holy oh, wow. shit. That's yeah. Really because That's it's wild. so intense. So yeah. um, when I was there, there were... I really lucked out because the doctor, um, typically they close the clinic in the fall um, because that's when the doctor goes and he does all of his educating. So like he was one of the keynote speakers at the International Lyme Conference this year. Mm -hmm. And so they usually close the clinic. um, But they said this year, listen, there's too much of a need. We'll keep it open. We'll just reduce our patient load. So for the first four weeks... I was either one of two patients or the only patient there. Oh my god! Wow. With three nurses, a doc on call all the time, the specialist, an office administrator, and then all kinds of other people, healthcare professionals who would kind of cycle through depending upon the day and and what you know what my treatment looked like. So essentially, we'd just hit it super hard one day and kill, 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 and then the next day we'd really work hard on detoxing because even if you do all kinds of killing, if you're not detoxing everything out of your body, you're still going to have symptoms. Mm-hmm. Just if, if there's someone listening right now who's like, mm-hmm. well, I just found out I have chronic Lyme disease. Yep. Um, just out of curiosity for them, yep. and, and I know it's probably different depending on each case, but like how much did this cost you Ooh. out of pocket? It cost uh, about forty grand 
40 grand mm -hmm, out of pocket you know what? for wow. the seven weeks. Wow, wow, wow. I would, yeah. I, I honestly, <coughs> I was, I'm surprised that it's, it's that much because I thought it was going to be more actually. Um, ah, okay. because you have like, there's only, there's only, like upwards of six people in the clinic, and well, yeah, there's if like you were this doing whole that in the US, staff. It sounds full like, of people, like yeah. you know, like, like five hundred thousand dollars. And yeah. don't get me wrong, yeah. like forty thousand dollars out of your pocket oh, is absolutely. a is a fucking insane amount of money to yeah. go and pay yeah. for for treatment, especially for us being Canadian, where you know generally most things are covered. Yeah, um, that's a ton of money, but uh, I'm actually I thought it might actually be a little bit yeah. higher. Yeah. And we yeah. and when you think and about the price on the price of you know, I think Getting the way you described it, you, were like, my, you said you were at wit's end versus treat oh, yeah. your life now is, yeah. is life. Yeah, different. Of life. Yeah. yeah, like I feel like I'm living life for the first time in a decade. Yeah. And it's, I know I'm still so far away, but like I honestly wake up every day with a grin and I'm just, I'm thankful for everything. Like it makes it really easy to be grateful when you've gone through such a shit time for right. so long mm -hmm. that it's, you know, it's cool to finally actually be coming out the other side, mm -hmm. which I didn't know that I would ever say. So, you know, that's part for me, like part of doing the podcast with you guys is, yeah, I'm not in terms of the Lyme and the science of the Lyme. I'm not crazy knowledgeable. And, and part of that is because cognitively, it's been really tough for me lately. It also seems um, like there's not that, there's not a whole host of people yeah, that are much, that. How much can you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Unless we go to Mexico. Absolutely. <laughs> but to like, to sit here and be able to chat with you guys and hopefully off, like offer some hope for people yeah. because I really, I mean, I'm a pretty positive person and I was really struggling with that for a long time. Um, and so, you know, part of it is, is giving people some hope and knowing, mm -hmm. you know, helping them to understand that there are some options. Um, but you know, for me also part of it is, is putting my story out there and just kind of, you know, I've been hesitant to do that. Um, and before I went to Mexico, I did a GoFundMe. And that's the first time that I had made it public on any social media. Mm -hmm. Certainly, like, I, I mean, I meet people and then it's pretty, uh, you get into it pretty quickly because the first question is, hey, how are you? And what are you doing for work? And then yeah. it kind of takes you down. It's really weird to meet people now. And, and, and what are your bowel movements like? And what, yeah. what are, uh, what's, it like, what's it like to wake up in the morning? And you're like, yes. well, yeah. actually, everything's, everything's kind of affected. Exactly. <laughs> and I've lived such a small, isolated life for so long that it's weird now to be like, that's one part of the recovery that people don't ever talk to you about Ooh. is the reintroduction to society. And, and so, you know, with this GoFundMe, I kept saying like, gosh, I would be so happy to just do a GoFundMe for all the great comments. Like the money was, it blew me away, people's generosity. Mm. But I had people reaching out to me who didn't know me and people reaching out who, you know, I hadn't talked to since junior high and they were just so encouraging. And that's something that I didn't ever really think about in terms of putting my story out there mm. was the, just the support aspect because mm. it is really lonely and people don't get it. And good grief how would they if they don't live it you know yeah. i live it every day and it's still a mystery to me like it's yeah it's rough mm. so hopefully i can help 
you know, give people some hope. Yeah. Well, I can tell you right a, now that, that like for sure there's going to be some people that listen to this and are affected. So I hope so. Yeah. I well, hope so. Thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for yeah, taking well, the time to come in. Thank you guys. Yeah, I love what fun. you're doing. And it's funny. I was saying, you know, almost every episode that I've listened to of you guys, I can relate on some level to something that's said, mm-hmm. you know, like, which is pretty cool. It might be something completely random, but you guys do a great job at kind of getting to the meat of things and, and talking about what it's like to live with chronic mm-hmm. illness. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, Actually, man. I was spreading the good word at the clinic. We were all <laughs> watching your doc- documentary oh, when so I was yeah. down there because it, it dropped when I was away. <laughs> and then your TED Talk. Ooh. I had everyone listening to that. Oh, sweet. Oh, yeah. You guys are rock stars in Mexico now. Well, we'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll be sure to tag them with a bunch of stuff. But uh, yeah. to, to bring this full circle, speaking yeah, of yeah. The, the clinic, mm-hmm. uh, I found them on Instagram. Instagram, and there's a yeah. post here that I find really interesting. Yeah, uh, coming back to the very beginning of our conversation. Absolutely, it's a it's a mosquito, and it says not just ticks. Mosquitoes can carry Lyme disease and many other serious infections, as can flies, spiders, fleas, and mites. Mm. So uh, let's just leave that. God, with everyone, that sounds apocalyptic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what though? However old you are, if you're listening to this and you don't have Lyme disease yet, yeah, you'll probably not get it. <laughs> let's hope not. <laughs> let's. Let's hope <laughs> let's not. Let's hope not. Or let's hope things have really improved in terms of treatments. I was just hoping, I was just trying to be optimistic and <laughs> hopefully for the sake of... All of the non-Lime listeners. I was trying to just leave a little bit of that horror film kind of ending, you know? Yeah, absolutely. What the fuck was that in the... Uh, animals, I think? <laughs> the zoo. Jeremy what? Jeremy runs a, runs a non-profit um, um, animal shelter. You talking about the noise out there? That was uh, my cat and my dog and then my girlfriend's dog and then roommates. Uh, the, whole cri- the whole crew. Yeah, it's a big house. Um, well, again, thank you so much hey, thank for coming you guys. in. Yeah. It means a lot. And uh, <clears throat> thank you all so much for listening. That also means a lot. Um, we'll be back next week with a, another amazing episode, I'm sure. Uh, mm-hmm. But in the meantime, it would mean the world to us if you headed on over to Apple Podcasts. And while you were there, you hit the uh, subscribe button. And then after that, left a rating or a review. Uh, it helps us stay on the iTunes charts there. And uh, we've kind of been on there since the beginning of this whole thing, which is crazy to think. And we're not going anywhere. <laughs> You're damn right. Uh, and if you also want to support us financially. Well, you can go on over to patreon.com slash sick boy. And, um, you know, we're trying to, we've been trying to get this penthouse in Halifax for a while now. No, and no we have not. We're <laughs> almost there on the down payment. So all of your Patreon Jesus subscriptions Christ. and contributions are going towards that. Um, but at the same time, we do promise to go to cool locations and interview cool people. So, uh, yeah, patreon.com slash sick boy. You can help us out. Yep, yep, get your ice cold beer here. Yep, yep. Hey, swing better, 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 better. Hey, big shout out to Donovan Morgan for uh, making this sound like a baseball game. Uh, he really hit this one out of the park. I hate you. Yeah. Nope, everybody loved that. Okay, uh, and also uh, thanks mm. to Take Part for the theme music. Take part in this.bandcamp.com if you want to hear more of their tunes and uh, just play us out, Donovan. Yeah, you know, I think if we put a, if we if we had that on Instagram and we put a poll on whether we should get rid of Brian on the podcast, <laughs> it would be a unanimous yes. <laughs> that is it for this week. I'm, I'm Brian. <laughs> 
I'm Taylor. No, no, I'm well, did you just try to She's cut me out of the podcast again? Like you, like you don't want me on the show or what? Guys, I know it's been a while since we recorded, but Christ. We're just rusty. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Meg. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.